Hello, this is episode one of Place Beyond the Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Since it's the first episode, I'll give you all the boring shit first. A um, little bit of background. Uh, as you can probably tell from the accent, I am a cheeky little scouser. Hey, hey, calm down, calm down. Yeah, I'm from, uh, from Liverpool. Um, I've got a degree in film. Um, I do photography and videography, although no one fucking pays me for it. Do it anyway. I think my uh, me true passion, though, is being on furlough for the last 12 months. Can't really, uh, well, can't complain too much, can I? Because it's getting paid to just do fuck all. Um, literally getting, for me anyway, I'm just getting paid to try and get me 10k steps in seven days a week to achieve some sort of baseline of health. So uh, that's been fun. I can tell you I've probably seen every square inch of Crosby and Waterloo. There's, I don't know why I didn't, I haven't learned to drive yet. So I've been using biologies, wheels, my legs. Um, I want this pandemic to be over, if only so I can go to a desti- walk to a destination with a purpose, knowing that I'm going there for a reason, not just to stretch my legs, because there's fuck all to do in the house. Although, saying that, I did actually go somewhere with a purpose today. Um, I went to that Crosby coffee to get a coffee, obviously. Um, that's fucking great, that being round the corner. It's probably one of the nicest coffees I've ever had. It's probably, uh, what can I compare it to? Probably, like, on the level of that, like, toffee latte from Mackey's. That's that's the kind of level we're talking about. That's the prestige of that place. Don't really like dishing out free advertisements, but, you know, if they want to uh, supply me with 100 coffees a week, I'll fucking drink them all. I'll, I'll, I'll make my adrenal glands explode, mate. If it's free. Anyway, the uh, this podcast was originally conceptualised as a film podcast, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, I don't really want to be boxed in just talking about films. Uh, you know, I'd like to talk about anything and everything. And um, I'm not really sure what the purpose of the podcast is, probably just because I like the sound of my own voice because I'm a massive narcissist. And also I kind of thought, well, I've got the most monotone voice on the planet and that coupled with the fact that I'm tongue-tied and I oh, constantly drip over my words, I thought that was a recipe for success. So for episode one, I thought I'd, uh, I'd ease everyone in with a little story. A little story from a few years ago. I feel like my life is so... unexciting. That this is like one of the wildest things that's happened to me, and I bet you're other people listening and think, fuck you, that's not wild, man, you loser. But... Anyway, here it goes. So, I'll paint you a bit of a word picture. Um, It was 2016, and my mate Sam was going to uni in Manchester at the time. And it was a few days before Halloween, and he invited me down uh, to this... He told me about this venue, which was... It was 80s themed, I think it was called Girls on Film. And at the time when he told me, I thought, oh shit, this is the most exciting thing I've ever heard. Like... I'm always saying I wish they had clubs that sort of mimic the 70s, 80s vibe. And, you know, whenever they try and do 80s nights, it's a bit naff. I think the merchant in town did one a few years ago. It was like a um, a Vice City themed night out. And me and all my mates were excited for it. And then we turned up and it was literally, I mean, I suppose what you expect, but it was literally the playlist from Vice City, and 
There was, I mean, there was no, like, they didn't dress up the place or anything. It was literally just the merchant with an 80s playlist, and I feel like most of the songs weren't even on the Vice City soundtrack. So it was literally just a fucking bog-standard 80s playlist. Um, didn't really, wasn't very Vice City-like, but I went in my Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, that was, uh, I feel like that was my identity back in 2016, 2015, just wearing fucking Hawaiian shirts. So yeah, it was 2016, and I hadn't been single since, I think it'd probably been about five years, maybe. I wasn't really one of those kids that had girlfriends, you know, within like year two. Uh, didn't blossom, didn't come into my own until I was 15 plus. But yeah, I hadn't been single in a few years, and um, didn't know how to operate. Did not know how to operate. You know, I I had not I'd literally never had to talk to girls in clubs in a flirtatious manner, ever. You know, Rusty's a bit of a fucking understatement. Yeah, I was literally in a relationship between the ages of like fifteen, just when I left high school, and twenty one, and then I am nearly twenty six now, and I've been in a relationship for the last four and a half years. So I've out me and you know. My dating career, I've been single for about exactly a year of that. And let me tell you, it took, I think it took about 10 months to find my stride, just when I was getting comfortable. And then, you know, ended up meeting my girlfriend, which I'm not complaining about, you know. She's great. She's great, mate. And uh, I like to think she got me a bit peak sexy as well. So yeah, anyway, it's Manchester 2016, I've been single for like 8-9 months, didn't hit me stride like I said until month 10 and a half. Uh, we go to this Halloween event a few days before Halloween, um, it's called Girls on Film, 80s night, went on me fucking Hawaiian shirt of course, and you know, it was a bit... <laughs> I was made up that this existed, this this event existed, and then I found out that it happened like every Thursday or something for years, like literally every Thursday, so it wasn't anything special to the inhabitants of Manchester, but you know, I fished out my best Hawaiian shirt and we headed out. Imagine this music blowing, walking in the club, thinking I'm hot shit. You know, how does that not sound like the best time of your life? That's your entrance. So going back to this time frame, I'm, I've, I still go on about it to people, but I'm gutted because between like October and the end of December 2016, I like got up to like quite a lot of shit. Um, for me anyway, you know, constant stream of nights out and events and seeing mates more than I usually did. I absolutely hammered my phone camera. Took thousands of videos, thousands of photos, um, and stupid me didn't back any of it up, and then something happened with my phone when I tried to update it, and I lost literally, like, thousands of fucking content, um, and for some reason, there was a lot of good memories in there, but for some reason, this drug deal gone wrong is seared into my brain, and I can recite it like I have a script on me. It's like, my brain was apparently only built for holding lyrics to Rapper's Delight and remembering the odd story, not like anything academic. So, we were in this club, and I was in heaven, man. You know, fucking Duran Duran, 
Frankie Goes to Hollywood, All Kinds, Pet Shop Boys, although they're a bit shit, but they have, you know, they have a couple of bangers. So I'm, I'm just going fucking nuts. I'm dancing my head off. And I remember that my mate Sam's girlfriend, I feel like she wasn't feeling well that night. So, um, you know, I was in full, full dance mode, slave to the rhythm, and she wasn't feeling well, so naturally he's, you know, he was with her, um, trying to make her feel better, and they were sat at the back of the club, and I think I felt a bit sly at the time, but I was enjoying myself that much, I just, I just didn't fancy... So I just sat there. I thought, like, I need to, I need to experience this. So, um, I said, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna go, go down into the dance floor and try and have a good night, sort of solo. Uh, you know, meet back up with you later. Um, and that's that's really not me. I can't just like, I can't just sashay into a crowd on a dance floor and dance by myself. But this night, I was feeling particularly groovy. So we're in this club for a couple of hours, in the full swing of things, I'm dancing with everyone, full on groove mode. I bump into this girl that I'd met a few times in other trip, on other prior trips to Manchester, so I got chatting to her, she was dancing, um, then my mate comes back onto the dance floor and he's like, yeah, listen, my girlfriend's feeling like shit, she's rough as toast, mate, uh, we're gonna go back to the flat. So... You know, I had that choice where it's like, mm, I'm really enjoying myself. Do I call it a night? I think it was only like, might have been 1am at that time. I was thinking I could call it a night and get a taxi back, get some food, go to sleep. And that's it. But stupid me, I was like, nah, I'm fucking enjoying myself, mate. Frankie goes to Hollywood. I was like, no, I've got to stay. I feel like... I'm enjoying myself too much. I can't cut it short, otherwise I'll regret it. And this girl says, yeah, well, we're staying out, me and my mate. And then she was with this lad. And she says, yeah, you can stay at mine. And I'm like, cool, right, I'm staying out. My mate goes home with his girlfriend. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, definitely. I'll, um, you know, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Come back to the flat. So... He goes off to get food and get a taxi and what have you, and me, the girl, and her mate go back into the club and do a bit more dancing, but within, like, 25 minutes, both of them were like, alright, we're gonna, uh, gonna ditch this place, and I was like, what? Hold on. I've, uh, the only reason I was staying out was because we are in this fucking rad 80s club and I'm in heaven and they're like yeah we're kind of you know sick of it and I was like well fuck so they were like you know we'll go to another club and I was like oh all right so you know we leave and walking down the street and then the lad turns to the girl and he's like right we need to go pick up some coke and I was like hey we fucking go and this was the beginning of the end of the fun that that was that I was having on that night out. So, you know, no judgment. No judgment for me. I'm not fucking, you know, who am I? Who am I to judge people on their uh, sniffing habits? 
so yeah, we're walking down the street, we go to another club, we're in this club, now I get the feeling, no, I definitely know for a fact that this guy was into this girl, and I think he got mega jealous that I was like chatting to her and stuff, because I remember when we were dancing in the club a bit earlier, he was just sort of sat on a stool, like a sourpuss. He wasn't busting a move like me, he wasn't popping and locking, and I was dancing with her. I think he got a bit fucking miserable. I mean, I got on with him for, like, some of the night, but when we got to this second club, his his just mood just dropped completely. And then because his mood dropped, her mood dropped, and I was just like, this is shit. But I persevered anyway. So, we just sort of sat awkwardly in this club. Absolutely not an 80s track in sight sat at this table, he's looking miserable, she's looking miserable, I'm fucking miserable, I've still got my stupid Hawaiian shirt on and we're in a bit of a more upscale club and I'm in this bright red Hawaiian shirt looking like a dick. Maybe an hour goes by and they're like, right, we need to get this coke. So he, ah, what was it, we went to leave the club and as we're leaving he bumps into one of his mates and his, it was his mate who was a few years older than him, fellow was probably in his 40s maybe. Um, with his girlfriend and they're like you know they're about to call a taxi and the lad says do you know any dealers will be awake because it's like 3 3 a.m at this point and he says um i doubt it mate (laughs) um but you know i can sales a sale i can call them um the fella says yeah we'd really appreciate that we've uh we bought some coke earlier today and it was fucking shit. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't really know how you know whether coke's good or bad. Probably depends how much carpet clean is in it. Like, yeah, so he's like, if you really want it, I can call my dealer, see if he's awake. If he's not awake, I'll wake him up, see what he says. So they're like, yeah, fucking wake him up. So he rings him and he's like, hi, mate, uh, sorry to wake you up, but can you drive down to such and such a place um, outside this club and drop off, you know, this is how much I know. What is it fucking? Is it a gram? Is it two grams? I don't know. I'm not fucking Pablo Escobar. Um, drop off a certain measure of cocaine. So the fella's like, I can hit like, I don't know if he, he wasn't on speaker, but it was loud enough where I could hear him fucking moaning. But he was like, it's fucking 3am, mate. It's fucking 3am. And he was like, oh, go on, mate. So he's like, all right, I'll drive down. I'll probably be there in like 25 minutes. I'm thinking fucking 25 minutes. Is he in Liverpool? Where's he driving from? It's freezing. Again, I'm sat in a fucking dirty alleyway outside this club in this Hawaiian shirt. Real self-conscious about how I'm looking. We're um, waiting for this dealer to turn up. And, well, I'm not waiting. I'm just there for along for the ride. I'm just a bystander. And um, they, the girl and the guy who I was with say, right, we need to go. We haven't got any cash on us, so we need to walk to a cash machine. The girl says to me, Dan, why don't you stay with these two? And I was like, hmm, don't really know them. It's fucking 3am, it's pitch black, I'm in a fucking dirty alleyway in a Hawaiian shirt, I'm going to get absolutely ravaged. You know, I'm fresh meat, mate. Not being broken in you. And they were like, no, no, it's cool. Just, uh, you know, we'll be back in like two or three minutes. I'm pretty sure there's a cash machine around the corner. So I was like, hmm, all right. So I am sat with this random couple, uh, like twice my age, actually quite nice people, uh, I was chatting to them for a bit, 15 minutes goes by and those two soft shites haven't come back, now I don't have 
I don't have a number, you know, don't, don't, don't know her that well. The couple are getting a bit like, you know, they better fucking come back soon. Dealer calls, he's like, I'll be like 10 minutes. So I was thinking, well, you know, cash machines aren't exactly few and far between in Manchester or any major city, so they should be, you know, they'll be back in 10 minutes. 10 minutes goes by, the dealer pulls up in his car... I think he pulled up anyway, it's a few years ago now. Um, I feel like he pulled up, but didn't get in his car, maybe? I feel like he parked around the corner, I'm sure that's what happened. I think he parked around the corner, and he was waiting for them to go and drop the money off. Because obviously he didn't want to park outside this club. So, dealers sat in his car, they still haven't come back. It's like half an hour since they went, I thought, fucking hell, they've left me here. They've left me here to die. The couple are getting real pissed off, they're like, ring them, ring, ring fucking those two, silly cunts, and I was like, I haven't got their number, and they're like, you're not their mate, and I was like, mate, am I their mate, I fucking met this girl, like, once or twice, don't have a number, don't know much about her, so he was like, shit, he was like, well, are you gonna pay for the coke, and I was like, am I shite, am I shite gonna pay for the coke, mate, I think I had like a, fi- I had a fiver to my name, I don't even, I don't know if I took cash out with me or something, I don't, I don't think I had a bank card on me at that time, uh, and I'm not even sure contactless was that big or I didn't have it or whatever, but I, I literally had a £5 note, and it was one of those new £5 notes as well, so it was quite, you know, it was like laminate, um, that comes into play a bit later. He's like, well, this dealer's gonna want paying, and I'm like, well, tough titties, mate, because, you know, I'm not asking for coke. And I've got a fiver on me, so unless Coke goes for a fiver these days, you know. And he's like, nah, mate, Coke doesn't go for a fucking fiver. And I was like, yeah. This guy goes, right, I'm going to go draw out money. There's a cash machine around the corner, so he goes and draws out money. And he goes and pays the dealer and gets the Coke. Then, these two silly bastards come back. And it's probably, you know, we're looking at like 45 minutes later since they left. And, um... At this point, I'd rang me mate uh, to say, listen, I'm going to get a taxi back to yours. And lo and behold, he didn't answer his phone. Um, so I left him a few voicemails. He was fast asleep. So I was like, shit, I'm a minute for the long run. I'm going to take my chances with these lot. Because um, what am I going to do? Got nowhere to sleep. I could suppose I could like go and find like a 24-hour fucking Mackies or something, but I don't even know if they exist in Manchester. Yeah, they finally come back. They have a bit of a tiff with the well, the guy has a bit of a tiff with the older guy. He's like, "Listen, mate, we're you know, we wanted to go home an hour ago, and you've kept us here, and you're taking the piss, and there is literally a cash machine around the corner." So the lad explains that apparently, don't ever believe it, but apparently, when they went to draw out money, they bumped into another dealer, and you know, asked for X amount of coke. The dealer was like, you know, if you're not sure, you can try before you buy, have a bump. They're like, yeah, sweet. So they have a bump, and as soon as they have the bump, they go, oh, no, that mate, that, that's, that's shit stuff, that, that is, that's terrible. And the guy's like, well, tough titties, because you've had the bump now. You're paying for it. This is what they said. They'd just drawn out a certain amount of money. I don't know if it was like 100 quid, 50 quid, whatever it was. They'd just drawn it out, and apparently they pulled... Like, like five people come out the woodwork and they pull a knife on the two I was with and they say, you know, you're paying for it. So they fork over the money. 
and then that meant that they didn't have money to pay the new, well, the original supplier of the coke. Now, personally, I think that sounds like a load of shit. Personally, I think they went to the cash machine and realised that they had no money and then came up with this fucking bogus story about getting pulled at knife point, but I don't know, it's Manchester and you never know. They've come back, they're arguing a bit, the guy's like, listen, I've paid for it, I think he said you can, you know, transfer at me at some point. They give him the coke, and then we're sat for a bit on the steps outside the club, and at this point the club's shut, and it's freezing, I'm got a jacket on, dressed for the summer, and the older guy's like, he's like telling me a joke, um, I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't that funny, but, you know, I humoured him, chuckled a bit, and the younger lad who I was with in the 80s club, he turned to me and he's like, fuck you laughing at, mate, and I was like, what? Fuck are you laughing at, you fucking scouse cunt? And I was like, what? The fuck, I'm talking to this guy, and he's like, are you laughing at my misfortune? I'm terrible at a mank accent, but, you know, close enough. And he gets up in my face, so I stand up, and he's like, fucker's like six foot five, you know, and I'm not I'm not sure, I'm like six and some change, six foot and some change. And he's towering over me, and he's wearing fucking, like, those cherry Doc Martens, like the big fucking, look like steel toe motherfuckers. And he's absolutely towering over me, and he's getting, like, his face is fucking almost pressed up against mine, and he keeps calling me a scout cunt. You know, I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I thought, if you keep going this way, I'm gonna fucking headbutt you. And he was, and then I thought, you know what, better not, because uh, if I lay a finger on him, he's got the upper hand, because one, he's a giant, and two, he's wearing big, heavy ass, like, size 14 motherfucking Doc Martens, and I thought he's gonna stamp on me head, like... Ed Norton, an American history X-Man, he's gonna do me dirty, so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide, but I was close to just chinning him. Scout's cunt. Coming from a mank. Bah. So, the older guy intervenes and he's like, uh, yeah, calm down, mate, I was telling him a joke. And the guy's like, well, what's so fucking funny? And he's like, well, doesn't matter what's so fucking funny, it's got nothing to do with him. So he, he chills out a bit, but he's still, you know, he's still steaming. So, I th- oh, it's been a few years. Um, I think he tells the girl to just go back home. And then he's like, and you can take your little scout's boyfriend with you and all. And I was thinking, this fucking guy, this fucking guy. But yeah, please, please, I'll go back to hers, thank you. He's like, but, you know, I'm taking the coke. And the girl's like, whew, her eyes fucking light up. And she's like, no, 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 we'll, uh, we'll stick with you. So he's like, all right, well, you can come back to my house. And I was thinking, no, please, this is going to be like, it's going to be that scene in This Is England with um, Stephen Graham and the fellow who plays Milky. It's like, he's going to be doing lines blasting off and I'm going to be sat there and then he's going to start saying fucking what makes a bad dad and shit and he's going to batter me, going to beat me to death so I was thinking no this is going to go wrong this something's going to happen I'm going to go back to his and he's going to fucking kick me out and so I thought yeah I can I can take my chances on the streets or I can risk it and go back to his house 
and stupid me thought, nah, I'll risk it. So we go into the spa while waiting for a taxi. I'm absolutely fucking starving, and it's like 4am at this point. I was like, I need some sustenance. So I bought a twirl. Is it a twirl or is it a Twix? It doesn't really matter. But like I bought a, bought a twirl, chomping into that. And we're standing outside the spa, and the lad's looking at me, staring me down. And I'm like, laughing, I'll give him a peace offering. So I was like, he's going to bite in me twirl. And he was like, no, no, it's a, no. And his voice went all soft, and he was like, no, no, you don't. No, you eat that. You eat that, man. And I was like, yeah. So, eat me to hell. And taxi turns up. I'm in the taxi. I thought, I'm going to do everything I can to not get murdered tonight. And he still looked a bit fuming, despite the fact that I'd offered him some chocolate. And he's in the front of the taxi, me and the girl in the back. As I was saying before, I had a fiver to my name. So, I whipped out the fiver... I think I said to the taxi fella, I was like, how much is this? And he was like, oh, it's like a nine, ten quid. So I whipped out my fiver and I was like, here, mate, here's towards the taxi. And then he perks up a bit and he was like, oh, you know, maybe this scout cunt isn't uh, isn't so bad after all. He takes the fiver off me, pays off the taxi with that when we arrive to his. Then we get to his and his mood's completely lifted, probably because he knows... um, he was going to get snow blind in about two minutes. So he puts the telly on. He's like, oh, can I get you anything? Can I get you some food? I was like, nah, I've already had me fucking twirl. And he was like, I'll get you a cup of tea. So he gets me a cup of tea. And I'm sat on the couch and those two are sat on the floor. And this fella's cat comes and sits on my lap as well. Uh, if I am doing video for this, I'll, I'll throw up this picture of me with the cat on my lap. I look happy, but inside I'm fucking dying. So I'm drinking this cup of tea. And he puts Always Sunny in Philly on Netflix on the telly. And and then, yeah, just, you know, I was I was like, phew, I live to tell another tale. So this night had been just an absolute shit show because I'm not into drugs. Um, when I hit like 2 a.m., my feet started and I just want to go home. And we left that 80s club like literally 20 minutes after I thought we were going to be staying in there for the rest of the night. I was freezing, I was getting kicked off on, fearing for my life. I hadn't eaten since about 6pm and that twi- uh, twirl wasn't doing me many favours. Like, Yeah, we were watching Always Sunny and that was where it was like really bizarre because I've got a cat on my lap, I'm in a Hawaiian shirt, I'm absolutely knackered, I'm starving, I'm drinking a cup of tea and we're in like I feel like he inherited the house off his nan, so it was really, like, old decor. It was really, really dated. It looked like, I don't know, it looked like a doll's house a bit. And he whips out, like, the original Xbox games cases and then starts, like, dispatching all the coke onto it. Oh, behave, my chair's just fucking snapped. Oh, nearly went arse over tit then. Fuck's sake, where was I? Um, ah, threw me off guard there. Yeah, what was I saying? So, I feel like the best comparison I've got to what was going on, I, I felt exactly like uh, Michael Sarah and Superbad, if you've seen it. Like, if you've seen it, you'll know the scene where they're at a house party that they don't belong in, and Michael Sarah is just sort of like snooping around the house, and he's in this room 
and then like five dudes piling and then they like start like breaking out like the weed and the cocaine and stuff and um they start offering him stuff and he's just like no way man you want a line of cocaine no way man yeah i mean it wasn't exactly like that you know no one's uh no one's brother came all the way from scottsdale arizona to hear me sing but Yeah, it was close enough. Similar vibe. Just imagine that, you know, you know, you're not into drugs and you're sat there with a cat on your lap drinking a cup of tea and it's like 4 or 5 a.m. And you've been through all that and then the snorting coke off fucking like Smackdown vs. Raw games while Always Sunny plays in the background. And they're using my fiver. My, my, I don't know how practical those fivers are because you try and roll them up and they just unravel but they were they were using i think he used his own tenor to pay for the taxi so he pocketed my fiver and he was blasting off with my fiver and i was thinking oh this is this isn't what the queen would have wanted man her head's just there getting sniffed on poor thing he turns to me and he's like you want some coke mate no that wasn't it no so she turns to me and she says do you want to do a line and at this point, I thought, fucking hell, I feel like a line. But, you know, I you know, turned it down. But, I mean, I turned it down because I don't trust it. But also, I turned it down because when she asked me if I wanted a line, I looked at him and he was staring me out. He was thinking, I haven't been through all this shit tonight for you to have some. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. And then, at some point, maybe like half five, six a.m., both of them actually go upstairs and I thought, right, well, they're shagging, aren't they? So I slept on this old woman's couch and then next morning, which was only like two hours later, she comes back down fuming and apparently he'd like tried on with her and she said no, so he started like slapping himself or something. Right, mate. And then she's like, right, we're going to get a taxi back to central Manchester and then we just got like this horrifically silent cab back to me mate's. At that point, he was awake, and then he let me in, and I told him the whole fucking story. So yeah, that that uh, cause my life so unexciting. That was quite wild for me. Um, it's so wild that I'm still telling the story like five years on. Uh, so yeah, people might think, oh, that's lame, man. That's a lame story, but you know, it's wild for me, exciting for me. Right, I suppose that wraps up episode one then. The aim is to do them probably like once a week, get a few guests on, talk about a few different things. But you know, if uh, if no one listens. I mean, I'll probably still do them, but I'll just listen to them by myself in my me, in me room and cry. Cry because I've got no audience to uh, impart this wisdom on and all these stories. But yeah, that's a, uh, a wrap-up on episode one, so it's the end of that.